0: host abigail hawksworth and this is late night drives the show designed to make spirituality and self-help accessible to everyone i'll be sharing my discoveries with you as i find them through the context of relationships work family friends and spirituality like advice from someone who's not older and wiser than you you can follow the show to stay updated on releases you can also follow my instagram or tiktok at ae that information is in the bio of the show as well You guys can DM me on either of those with questions you have or content you want to hear, and I'll be answering some of those at the beginning of each episode. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, I have a lot to share with you this week. (laughs) Um, I'm going to tell you a story, something that happened um, last Saturday, so it's been about a week. Um... And that is why I did not post the next day on Sunday. Um, And then after I tell you guys kind of what happened, I'm going to share with you some of the, you know, crazy effects it's had on my mental health and my outlook. But before I start, uh, the quality on this one's a little... eh, (laughs) Because, I don't know, my microphone just isn't working like it normally does. Um, So apologies for that. Um, And then also I wanted to give a trigger warning. This story this week is um, about a shooting that I experienced, Um, so if you don't want to hear about that part, go ahead and skip to about 15 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, I finish the story there and then talk about what I'm learning, but I don't bring it up again after that point. Okay, so last Saturday, I had just finished my second day of, like, actual work at my job, so we'd been doing photo shoots all day, um, already pretty tired, and then my photographer, Carol, asked me if I wanted to go out to drinks with her that evening. Um, so I said yes, and was kind of like, oh, it's going to be tiring, but it'll be a good time. She actually had expressed a few things about herself that made led me to believe that she was spiritual, so I thought... You know, we could talk about work and then maybe I can ask her about her own, you know, story and stuff. And, um, maybe I'll be there to learn something from her. So that's kind of was my thought process going into it. Um, and then for some reason I thought like maybe, so I live in Capitol Hill and the studio, uh, and then where we went to go get drinks was in downtown Seattle. Uh, so I thought, because she didn't have a car with her, she's traveling from out of town. I thought, maybe, you know, I'll find a few places and then we could either walk together after I parked my car or I could drive her back to Capitol Hill because I'll know that there's good parking there, which that thought itself is weird because to go pick someone up from downtown and <laughs> go get drinks in Capitol Hill to bring them back and then go back home would be silly. So I talked myself out of it, but that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um... So anyways, I go park there, find parking right in front of the hotel, which is also crazy that never happens on a Saturday night in a downtown. Um, And then the bar I decide for us to go to is like a two-minute walk. It's just one block over. As we're walking to the bar, um, Carol mentioned, she said, this whole block has had, like, a weird feeling to it this whole time I've been here. Um, I just don't like the energy, and I was like, you know what, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. So we are on 1st Ave, um, and there's been a couple shootings on 3rd Ave, which is just, like, two streets up, if that makes sense, um, Lately in Seattle. So I said, well, third half is kind of a hot mess, but first half is like usually a pretty good street, but I totally get what you're saying. And that's kind of the reason why I don't live in this area anyways. I'm not a huge fan of downtown. So we get to the bar. Um, and after we have like a conversation about the workday, stuff like that, um, she was kind of mentoring me, helping me, um, for things going forward. Um, I asked more about, you know, her personal life and we kind of bonded over the mystery that is, how you meet people who are in the same place and why life goes the way it does. But so her story, and I won't share a ton of it because it's not mine to share, but um, she was in an accident recently and has had all this turmoil in her life and just feels like there's like this huge change happening. Um, And then her personal story is eerily similar to mine, to my family's, except you know, um, she has kids and I would be the kid in that situation, like, her situation is kind of like my mom's, Um, but just so, so similar, so it was very cool, because this has happened to her more recently, so I got the opportunity to share with her, like, some little things about my life, like, hey, this is gonna be okay, and, like, um, I've had this and this insight since then, Um, And it was just fascinating. And then the place she got in the accident, if you guys have followed for a while, I just moved from Arizona, and the place she got in the accident was at Tempe Town Lake, which is a park that is a couple minutes from my apartment in Phoenix. So I knew exactly what she was talking about, and it was also a trip that she happens to be from Phoenix, and then happened to have this accident in a place that I'm extraordinarily familiar with and then her story with her family has been quite similar to mine so we just talked all about that and how and how interesting it was um but then partway through the conversation we hear like a banging noise and my first assumption was that someone had like slammed into the wall of the bar the front of the bar is all glass, so there's not really a wall there. So I thought that it's possible that we could hear someone like hitting the glass, um, and then we hear a second one. Carol goes, "I that was a gunshot," and it became obvious very quickly that that's what that was. But I never heard it so loud um, because it was so close to us. Um, so one of the servers at the bar runs and, like, leans outside to look at what's going on, um, and then he turns around and has this, like, panic in his eyes, and he says, run, go, go, run, and turns to lock the door, and I wasn't totally sure if he was just closing it or locking it, so we're all grabbing our stuff, and I yell above the restaurant, and I was like, did you lock that door? He said yes, and so we're all... Sprinting out the backside of the restaurant and the restaurant is connected to a whole complex of buildings So, um, which is good and bad. We had somewhere to leave to um, But there's also tons and tons of entrances on this building Um, Very hard to like completely close ourselves off from the outside as we start to move away We're already hearing more gunshots happen Um, and To my knowledge, and just as, like, a a jump forward in the story, um, apparently no one else was hurt, which is amazing, but I don't know why, like, they can't release full details on the story, so I don't know how there were that many gunshots, what this person was shooting at, but nobody else was hurt, but to my knowledge at the time, people were getting harmed outside, like, as we spoke, so all of us in the bar... Grabs our grab our things, start running through this building, and it's attached to like other apartments and stuff behind the bar. So we start running up and up and upstairs for just like multiple minutes trying to get out of the way of the ground level of this building. Then, after a few minutes, we're lucky enough to run into a security guard who says he can take us down to the basement, so then we start running uh, down. I still think we went up for a little bit, which I don't know how, maybe it connected differently to the basement, but then started running downstairs to the basement, and it had probably already been like four or five minutes by the time I thought to call my family just in case, um, so I called my mom briefly as we're running down these stairs, um, and then some other people were calling their families, basically just saying like, I think everything's okay, but this is what's happening, um... And I wasn't exactly sure if it was going to be okay. Um, There's, again, a lot of entrances to the building, and we were lucky enough that one of the people running with us works at one of the local news stations, which was so great. So she was getting updates faster than, you know, anybody else could have. So we're hearing things like, okay, he's headed this way on the street, and so we're trying to think in our heads, you know, where are we in the building? Um, Is he heading towards, like, I don't know, um... So we're just trying to get out of the way as fast as possible, and it had been quite some time, then we get to the basement, locks the door behind us, um, locks the door in front of us, but also, like, the door that's in front of us leads out, again, onto street level, so that way you can leave from the basement and go out onto the street, but the door is locked, um, so that was much, much better, but we still felt like we're in this space should someone decide to, like, break in here, there's nothing we can do, um, and something about, you know, it again, like, it didn't fully set in what was happening. Um, we just kind of did what we had to do. And then after a few minutes of running, I thought to myself, like, oh, this might not actually be okay. And something about thinking you may have a chance at dying for, like, 20, 25 minutes is about how long this took until we knew things were going to be okay. Um, does a lot for you. And I can't imagine what people in other situations... You know, where they're on the verge of feeling like they're not going to make it for a way longer time than that based on the extreme effect this had on me in that short amount of time. Um, but then eventually, the security guard goes out and talks to the cops, and we still think the... The shooter is headed in one direction, but he comes back and says there's, you know, there's not a threat anymore. You guys can leave out in this direction. Um, We weren't totally sure what that meant. Again, they can't disclose, like, whether what happened at all. All they can say is there's a threat or not a threat, Um, and he wasn't being completely clear about (laughs) about what he asked, Um, and most of us weren't wanting to, like, go out onto the street, so... I decided to go out and talk to the officers and I asked, like, directly, like, okay, so we can head that way, that way, that way. And there's, like, 100% no threat, correct? And they said yes. And I said that. And the only reason we can't head that way is not because there is an active issue happening, but because it is now a crime scene. And he said that's correct. So I said, great. (laughs) So I head back to the basement and let the people know who hadn't already decided to leave, um, and then we hung out there for a little bit, just kind of waiting for, some people were waiting for rides, my car was, like, next to the crime scene on the other side of it, so we couldn't, like, go through, um, and then, um, While we were waiting there, one of the news stations decided to interview myself and Carol, which is the photographer I was with, Um, and then a police later escorted us to my vehicle, and then again, the vehicle is just like right in front of the hotel, so now like going back to that hotel is just maybe doesn't feel great. Even getting my car was a little nerve-wracking, and I'm so glad we got everything out of the... Like, somehow no one managed to forget anything in the bar. We grabbed everything, which was wonderful. And we did get free drinks and food, so that was wonderful as well. But um, I thought, you know, like, okay, I told Carol, you can stay at my place if you want. Let's try to get you a different hotel with our company. So we were calling, talking to the company. Um grabbed her stuff quickly from the hotel we were staying in and then were able to get her a different hotel in Capitol Hill, which was really nice. Um, And then I was able to get my car out of there, which was great. I exchanged numbers too with some of the girls who were at the scene. Um, I'd been through like a a different type of situation for sure, but um, just an emergency situation in the past and regretted not having gotten numbers of people who were there because they're the only people now who know exactly what that experience was like for you. And it's kind of nice to have, to be able to process with someone like that. So uh, we had a little group hug. I grabbed all their numbers. Um, And so hopefully soon, like, we can kind of talk about all that. Um, And because I'm sure everyone is going to process it differently. And even for me, day to day, I feel different, which is super bummer. Um, But also, you know... I I mentioned this a lot in the last week's episode, but no insight is less important than another. So even if one day I feel one way, the next day I feel another way, um, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable and I feel unstable, but also there's a lot to be gained in that. But after all that, I finally got home. Um, It's now like a little, maybe a little bit before 10 at night. I'm not positive, but I know um, the shooting happened around like a little before 8.15 All we knew at this point was that the shooter had died, um, and the police were the ones who killed him, and I've never, like, felt comfortable with any of that except for that time when you're just like, I desperately want to not be in fear for my life anymore and I hope they figure out what to do with the situation, um... And so that's how we'd found out, um, or we assumed, you know, because now there's an active crime scene and the shooter's no longer doing anything. That's probably what went down. Um, And then in the next couple days, like, the news stories came up and um, he didn't end up harming anybody else. I think it said maybe one other person was injured, but there's not more information on that. Um, And then people said they heard up to anywhere from 15 to 30 rounds shot Um, and once we were inside the building we didn't hear anymore so i'm not positive on that either and we did find out too that it was in fact right in front of the building so the the server or the bartender probably i mean there's no way he would have said that without seeing it but definitely did see the shooter Um, apparently like he crashed his vehicle on like the kitty corner so this is all on the same block an intersection in the middle kitty corner um, and then was out in the streets so I don't know where he ended up being um, but there was a mini Cooper that was shot at and then stopped just in front of the bar so at some point he was over in that direction and then after I dropped Carol off and started driving home like what had happened sunk in Um, I think I was just operating on what has to be done at the time making sure we had accommodations like talking to different people keeping myself safe, whatever, um, and then in the car, I was just like, oh my god, what the fuck just happened to me, like, there's no way, um, so I, you know, whatever, went home, um, and then the last week now it's been, since has been really, Interesting. So, I wanted to talk to you guys all about that, um, but I thought it was important to kind of explain the full story of how I got where I got. Um, But So there's, like, this weird balance of, like, really positive feelings I have and really negative feelings about the whole thing. Um, On the negative side, like, I've been having nightmares and just way more jumpy than usual. I was was standing in a bathroom, like, the day after. I was standing there looking at myself in the mirror. I was like, okay, get your shit together because I just had these moments of, like, holy crap, I am not okay. And so I'm standing in the bathroom looking at myself in the mirror and then the paper towel dispenser decides to, like, shoot out another paper towel automatically. And I went, I jumped jumped away from it and then realized, obviously, this is a paper towel holder, everything is fine. Um, But that has been, like, the not-so-great side of all of this. And then I also feel, like, super disconnected from my body um, and, like, really living up in my head, having trouble, like, engaging. Um, And there's some things that feel obvious that I'm, like, I'm really going to need, like, to process through all of this. Um... And it's kind of weird to be aware of that, but there's, like, nothing I can do at this moment because it's still really fresh. So as much as I want to process those feelings, I, like, don't get anywhere with it, which is super interesting. But on the better side, a couple days after this happened, I woke up feeling, like, intensely grateful for my life Um, and noticed it was kind of like a reset. On a lot of the things I've been dealing with, I feel less okay but less depressed than I was before this happened. Um, and that's not to say this is what should be taken from it. Everyone has a right to experience something traumatic in their own ways, take different things from it. So, and who knows, like I could feel this way today, could feel another way tomorrow. So, I just want to make sure that point is clear. But I woke up feeling so grateful. And felt a sense of appreciation for the mediocrity and the middle things of life um, in a way that I've been trying to connect with and have never been able to. Things that are truly wonderful, like you know, people dancing and like little kids and dogs and being at the park, are super emotionally overwhelming because they are so wonderful. Like, I just feel. So full of the sense of, like, I'm glad I'm here to experience this. Um, But then, like I said, the medium things I also enjoy. Um, And I'm sure, you know, in moments of suffering, suffering will still feel like suffering. And it's not like the, like, I'm appreciative for the suffering because it means I'm alive. It's more just like I'm happier because I'm not spending time thinking about how to make the present moment better while I'm living it. Um, A huge thing that I noticed is that in trying to make my life happier, um, it almost highlights the things that aren't quite there yet. It's like a hyper fixation every time something's quite not right that just reminds me how far away I am from having this image of a life that I I have in my head. Um, Like as an example, the other day I was taking a bath and it was kind of, like, too cold, and then the show I was watching was, like, kind of shitty, and it, like, just wasn't what I had in mind, and I sat there and thought, like, hmm, this is nice. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I'm so glad to be participating in this moment that's just kind of, like, it's, like, so incredibly human and how, like, imperfect and not, like, idealistic our actual life is and I want it to be that so bad and this almost like reset me where I was like that itself is idealistic that itself is like a little daydream how it's like just kind of like a shitty cold bath (laughs) and like a shitty day and like I hope I'm explaining that in a way that is understandable but I guess I just mostly feel happy to be a participant in any way in the moments where I'm not being as intentional, maybe I'm on my phone too much, watching TV too much, working too hard at something that I don't particularly care about, um, it all still feels okay because it's all still being alive. Um, and I really think maybe, like, suffering is in trying to attain some version of life that just doesn't exist. So of course I want to spend time doing what makes me happy. Of course I want to be intentional, but I don't want to also berate myself when I'm not doing that because maybe a lot of life is just the middle space. Um, It's all part of the experience and I feel that like with such a different weight, than I did before I'm just happy to be along for the ride and I don't even think about it in a way like the shitty stuff is part of the journey it just doesn't feel shitty I'm just grateful for it um it makes me like giddy to experience the fullness that is life I wonder why we're so hard on ourselves and it's like in in trying to get somewhere to this like ambiguous location of happiness or having filling our lives with all the right things maybe it's in some ways pulling us farther away because like I said it draws attention to that which isn't there yet um and I think it like made made me sad to think like maybe life can never be like that and in a way like this has made me realize like actually I'm more than okay with the fact that it isn't this idealized version of life um because those things aren't necessarily the goal maybe like the goal is just being here and when I watch like People dancing and puppies and all these like silly things. It just makes me feel like that is that's what it's about is like us just enjoying this little moment in time that we're here um, and being grateful that we're along for the experience. I guess Um, and gratitude isn't really something like I don't think it can come with practice, but it's hard to force and you can't always feel like you know, when things are shitty, I'm just so glad to be here, (laughs) like, yay, things are so average, (laughs) like, not what I wanted them to be, um, but I just hope this sticks with me, um, realizing that I was trying so hard for something that I didn't really realize was taking me further away, and I know I've spoken on being present and how I'm sure that's a huge part of happiness, um, but it is like, incredibly hard to force things that don't just fall upon you, I guess. Um, so I, maybe in something I say, it can be helpful. Um, but I didn't like choose to have this experience. I feel, in a way, I was lucky enough to have it for the ways that it reset my thinking um, in other ways that I feel like it's impacted me. I struggle a lot with like textures and just kind of sensory processing issues. Um, and again try to put myself in situations where it'll be perfect and so things almost bother me more like the wrong I don't know pants fabric bothers me more someone chewing loud bothers me more um and I feel so out of body that contact with anything is just like wonderful (laughs) and it's like totally reset me in that way too I went like I've been like on the swings and putting my hands in the cold water at, like, the pond near my house and, like, running my hands along the gate when I'm, you know, like, running or walking or whatever. And I'm so happy for it because it puts me, like, back in my body. um, And I want that more than anything else. And I just find that whole phenomenon super fascinating. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in feeling pain because it's not coming from a place of, like, Depression is coming from a place of wanting to connect with my body, but I've liked my like hands extra cold and my shower is extra hot. (laughs) And Carol was actually the one who recommended it to me first. She called me the next morning and was like, you should like go ground yourself, go lay down, have your hands on your heart and then put your hands on the ground and just feel everything around you. And don't, you know, don't be up in your head making judgment calls about what's around you. Just look at things, say that is a wall. That is my curtain. Just completely immersed in the physical space around you. Um, And I have not spent enough time doing that in my normal life because I felt disconnected long before this. It just was bad enough for me to notice after this happened. And I think a lot of us do. A lot of us spend so much time in our heads and not enough time here. And a really easy way to get present is to, like, physically put yourself in it, um, noticing the things around you, being part of it. So I went out, I laid on the cold-ass grass, I put my hands on it, and I thought, there is a tree, there is music playing, there's just this happening. <laughs> and doing that and then continuing this week to, like, like touch and feel things and run and move my body um, brought me closer to now than I have felt in a long time. And I would seriously recommend it because I don't think we're aware of how badly we actually need that. At least I wasn't. And how, like, it can be working out if you want to, um, but it doesn't have to be, like, it doesn't have to be hard work to go connect yourself to being alive. It can be, like, as simple as noticing what's around you um, and it really does have a big impact. Um, and then after the first few days, and, you know, these things still stay with me. The, like, overwhelming, silly amounts of gratitude for just being, for existing. And just feeling like I was gifted the chance to still be here. Um, and then learning how to, like, feel like I'm back On this earth and not so much in my head that the impact of feeling like wow I've been in my head for actually a long long time for this Um, beyond those things the last few days um, I've been kicking myself like I normally do not doing more. I tried to kind of keep myself busy and it already felt like I wasn't doing enough because I haven't been feeling super adventurous or like going out on the town. Things, you know, make me a little more afraid right now than they used to. So I've been sticking to like the normal stuff I I already like and then, you know, frustrated with myself for not getting out there more and then realizing I'm running on no steam at all. So the best thing I could probably do is actually take like, you know, however much time to truly do nothing at all, or do what it is I really want to do, um, and then, you know, move forward. I'm upset at myself that, like, responding to texts sounds like the worst thing I could possibly do, like, it just takes so much energy, or that, like, I don't know, just a couple basic work tasks just feel like they take so much, and not giving myself, like, the not reminding myself about, like, what just happened and why those things might just be too much on top of what I'm already feeling in my head. I just feel like I've already had so much time to rest in this last, like, season of life that, like, I shouldn't be allowed to take anymore. And it just blows my mind that after something so intense, I, like, these thoughts, the way I train my brain for productivity and work just has the ability to completely override all those things so quickly. Um, So that's, like, what I'm currently wrestling with is why, why are we obsessed with working so hard and um, Americans specifically, like, if we compare ourselves to a lot of other places in the world who allow for, like, longer leave and like, entire summer <laughs> vacations from work while still being paid. Um, and obviously, you know, every country is different. There are places that work harder than us. But the way that we view work is, like, it is the center of our lives and that that is what gives us value. And it's so easy to see ourselves as lazy for just being a person. Um, and it's, like, bucked up. Like, it is so far off from how we should perceive our own value Um, and in this time like letting myself say to myself that I'm not doing enough is crazy Um, and I feel like I know so many people that live in the same space of constantly feeling like they're not doing enough or they have to kind of keep moving and maybe if we keep moving we won't have to be then drowned by all the stuff that's going on inside our heads. Um, And I feel that, and I'm there all the time. But also what's kind of cool about, like, this experience is it's not about, like, I don't have to stop to, like, exist in my brain and sort out, like, every possible thing that I've ever been through in my life and, like, why I do everything that I do. No, Um, I want to slow down to, like, let myself just exist and be a person And find my value in being here and not in what I do. Um, I find that I'm experiencing value from, like, taking baths and walking in the park and doing things that are not productive. Um, And maybe the time we spend, you know, not making ourselves extremely busy doesn't have to be all about psychoanalyzing ourselves. It doesn't have to be daunting. But that in just remembering that we're a person, that we're here that we get to experience this thing for however you know this undetermined amount of time might like do a little bit of resetting life isn't inherently about all these constructs we put together and these expectations and they can be if they serve you but they're not inherently you know i think inherently this is an experience we get to have um and i want to like soak it up and be here and remember it um I don't want to forget that and instead believe that why I'm here is to like make something of myself and do better and be healthier and I don't know be busy enough and and like I've said but I just want to hit this home it's not about not having goals goals are great there's still of course things I want to do I still want to spend my time intentionally and fill it with more things that make me happy but My value doesn't have to be so wrapped up inside all of that that I think I'm nothing when I'm not doing things. I'm obsessed with doing better, but realizing that I will never meet my own expectations anyways. So how can that be a sustainable way to live? Shouldn't right now, shouldn't I be slowing down? Like even in this time, I shake in confusion trying to tell myself to rest and thinking that I should be doing things. The rest can be scary to face, but I'll pick that over ignoring the obvious turmoil that's happening inside of me. I appreciate everyone who says, take all the time you need. Take care of yourself, don't worry about the things that you don't have to do right now. But the comments also make my clock run faster. I check out from their words and think to myself, well, how long am I allowed to take care of myself? I better be quick as to not open myself to the judgment of others. Maybe they'll start to wonder why I'm not busier. Or worse, I'll hate myself more for not meeting my own expectations. I'll remind myself the clock is ticking as I turn off my alarms. My mind's so consumed by this that I never really relax when I'm setting time aside for it. And then I'll berate myself for needing even more time as a result. It's crazy to me how things like this confuse my mind. It just is so busy up there. (laughs) And in the time I'm recording this, it hasn't even been a week. And all I can think is, like, do I have enough time to really think about this? Should I actually be able to, like, go to a beach for a day or relax and, like, I don't know, just exist? And what's the right amount of time to do that before it's, like, unnecessary? Um, And all that just isn't real. Of course, I'll get back to doing things. Of course, I'll make something of myself. But so much of why I do what I do is rooted in fear and not in actually what makes life enjoyable. And as I'm saying it, I think, isn't that just another silly little part of being human is how hard we are on ourselves and how much we do based on what we think others' expectations are of us and how much we expect of ourselves. But if at all possible, I'd like to not be so hard on myself. I'd like to remember that I'm just here to, like, live life and be part of what's happening um, and I'm lucky to be. There are things we have to do In the time we live in to stay alive, you know. It's important to make money, to keep ourselves, you know, alive, to have a place to live, um, all those things. But it's different when it's our identity, our sense of purpose, our sense of value. And I wish I could find the right combination of words to get my point across, but this wasn't something that, like, I thought through. I had an experience that happened that really set the sin for me. But if I could remind you that you're alive, that you're here right now, and you have the privilege and right just as everybody else does to just get to experience what's around you while you're here, I, I hope that gets across. I would even go so far as to say, We steal our life experience from ourselves, not intentionally, but by telling ourselves we don't deserve to have it or there's more important things to do. There is so much you can do and are going to do to fill your time and make yourself happy and be fulfilled and also so many mediocre things in the middle that are just as great. Um, And if you could just not rob yourself of those things and tell yourself that those aren't important enough or that you could be doing something else. We run ourselves on these endless cycles towards something that we're not going to find. Because at least for me when I try to make my life full of all these types of things, I can't escape the fact that there's tons of tons of time in life where nothing important is happening. Um And then in the other direction, when I'm not doing enough, I keep telling myself how there are greater things I could be doing. I want to find my way out of it instead of realizing that that is just how life is. It just will always have both. And I've said this, that it makes me sad that life can't be everything I dream it up to be. um, And it leaves me in the state of unhappiness. But if I could express to you in a way that sticks that the happiness and the joy is in the fact that we're here, I would do anything to, as cheesy as that, like, sounds. We're fucking here. And we get to, like, do all these things that make up human life. Um, And sometimes those can be lackluster. And, you know, everybody has different things that they enjoy. But, like, I get to go watch dogs at a dog park. Like, I can come home during the day and hold my pet. I can go stand out in the rain. What's really doing it for me right now is like watching other people be happy and other people experience life. It just like lights me up to be a participant. Continue, go do the things that, that light you up. Go, you know, make the art, do the work, do what you love. And, but if the parts that aren't quite right are really like pulling at you, To know that it's not something that necessarily needs to be fixed, even if you feel like the part that that needs to be worked on is you, that has massively impacted me. It has done so much for the way I value myself right now, and it's helping me release my fixation on how I feel at odds with the way the world is. I hope you guys are doing well this week um, and are safe and are healthy. And I hope there's a way that something I said is an adequate way to describe (laughs) the things that I'm learning right now. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear about, feel free to DM me on Instagram or TikTok. Once again, that information is in the bio. Um, I'll have another episode out for you guys next Sunday-ish. But until then, have a great week.